Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Marty Kinkle, the only person you're going to scare is yourself. Charlie, what are you doing? Keep the noise down. What are you doing here? Maze, just in time. There's a whole load of police here. Don't worry, you're gonna hurt yourself. Or someone else. <laughs> How many children are you friends with? Hello and welcome to Netflix, your one-stop shop for everything coming out on your favourite streaming service this week. This week we are discussing The Witcher, the brand new fantasy epic based on the string of books, and we'll be telling you exactly why you should or should not be watching it this weekend. Hello, my name is Callum Cramlish and I'm joined by... Helen Kelly, hello. Hi, and uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about The Witcher. Um, so The Witcher is better known as Geralt of Rivia. And for those of you who aren't in the know, a Witcher is a monster hunter. And uh, this particular Witcher was introduced first in the uh, the novel The Last Witch in 1993. Since then, uh, a bunch of games have been developed by CD Projekt Red and they sort of... Uh, sent the franchise into like a stratospheric popularity um, and indeed brought the franchise to the eyes of the producers who then decided to make this show based on the books themselves. Um, now Netflix's The Witcher takes on the stories laid out in the books and introduces three main characters which is where most of our focus is. Uh, the aforementioned Geralt who is the titular Witcher, uh, Yennefer of Engerberg and Princess Cirilla who's better known as Ciri. Um, so I, for background, I am a huge, huge, huge Witcher fan. I've read all the books, played all the games. It's like my jam. Uh, you are completely new to this, right, Helen? Yeah. So I didn't know about this until the Netflix series got announced and it kind of had sort of Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones vibes. So I was like, okay, this could be my kind of thing. Um, but I didn't know there was like games or books or anything. So I went into this completely blind. So just really quickly, like, what did you think? Because we've seen the first five episodes of the yeah. eight. Uh, so what did you think going into those five, first of all? Um, I need a guide, firstly, because you watch the first episode and if you don't have the background, you don't know about the games, you don't know about the books, you're going to be left pretty clueless, I think. Um, which is a bit of like a disappointment, I think, because you're introduced to all of these characters and you're like, right, okay, so how does that character relate to this person? How does this like character relate to this character what's the storyline here and I guess that's quite like natural with most new series like when you start a new show and um there's like a character introduced and you kind of like learn who they are and the people around them but with this there's just so many different timelines and it's hard to keep track of it and who the characters are and so I think you do need a guide and you do need a timeline to kind of ease you in so you know what's going on because for the first like three to four episodes I was completely lost mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, so far in the uh, first five five episodes, it dives into some of the stories that were laid out in the first and second books, which are books of short stories, which are basically Geralt going around looking for monsters to kill and then trying to get paid for doing so, right? Um, so 
yeah, in terms of timelines, like you're never really sure if this is before that. Like there's no coherent ABC to this because it's always just Geralt on his lot, like day to day doing his thing. Um, So yeah, going into this as well, even though I knew what was, who was who and what was what, it was, I agree with you, it was a bit odd because you get Geralt fighting a monster and then he's in a city and then he's kind of looking for someone and then oh, he's taking on a job for a wizard and it like, it really spirals really quickly. And I feel like, Eventually, I I, I think to, probably towards like the end of the first episode or so, I caught on with it fine, and then it was I was kind of on the on the journey at that point. But yeah, I agree with you. I watched all of these with my wife, and she is like you. She is new to the whole Witcher franchise, and she's the same. She was every ten minutes just like, who who is he? What is going on? Why are these people doing this? Uh, and it's really odd as well, especially with the fact, sorry, I'm rambling now, especially with the fact when you get introduced to Siri, you get introduced to that and there's all these politics going on and she's like trying to get married and married off and then they get attacked and it's this whole thing and you don't get any background for it. You just go, oh, this is happening now. Uh, so yeah, I agree with you. It's a bit dense to begin with. Uh, but first of all, I guess let's hit through the characters. So Geralt, first of all, um, Geralt is the Witcher and he's played by Henry Cavill, who is my favorite one of my favorite humans in in the world um and i quite like how he's done this it's quite subverted it's quite quiet um how did you feel he did as Geralt um i don't think the character was like what i was expecting because i was expecting someone who's going to be um kind of like more confident kind of take up much more room but like you said he is quite quiet and solemn and brooding and that's probably come from like being lonely on the road, like moving from town to village and cities, looking for monsters and to like kill and how to make his money. So it was quite nice to see him in that kind of character. And then I think that made me like his character a bit more and had a bit more depth. So I was like, okay, I don't really know what's going on in this, but I do kind of want to know more about him. And also he is the main he is essentially the main character because he is the Witcher, but you don't get to see. Actually, I think this is kind of like a bad point. Um, <laughs> I think the problem is I thought it was going to be a lot more about him, but it's not. There's lots of different things going on. So the stuff that you do get to see with him is really, really good. Um, his characters, like I said, has got a lot of depth. I want to know more. I want to know where he's come from, how he links to this destiny storyline. But I don't feel like I got given enough of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw a lot of him. There's yeah. a lot of um, a lot of racy scenes in there. Yeah. So you do see a lot of Henry Cavill as the Witcher. You just don't get to see a lot of his story, I yeah. think. Yeah, it kind of looks like they're positing uh, the other two characters, Yennefer and Ciri, who we're going to get to. looks like they're positing them as sort of the main characters where I feel like Geralt looks like he's floating through yeah. this land and eventually... I suppose their paths will cross and then, you know, things are going to happen. But so far, it looks like... But they do because he finally gets to see Yennefer. Yeah. Um, but then along the whole kind of way, in the first first episode, when Ciri, when Queen Calanthe is like being injured and she's like yeah. dying, she's like, find she's Geralt. Like, find Geralt. So you're like, right, okay, they've got to find each other. But he doesn't know he has to find Ciri. Right. And like but i'm like right okay so she's gonna go on this journey to find him right and i thought they'd find each other pretty early on and then it'd be a story but then yeah, the it's way not it's, the way it sort of looks is that all the three of them are going to meet up early and it'll be like the umbrella academy where all five get or all six get together straight away and then they yeah. go on this journey whereas as of episode five Geralt and yennefer have just met 
Ciri's still God knows where with the elves in the forest. And it's kind of like, where is this going, guys? Um, but yeah, I think I agree with you for Geralt. He, you expect him to be this macho man like Aragorn, sword swinging to deal with every problem, where a lot of the time he's just like, look, I don't want to deal with your problems. I'm just going to get out of here and not cause any hassle. He's like quietly confident. Like yeah. he knows he can do the job. He doesn't want any like one tagging along. But at the same time, I feel like we've seen a bit of a, like a vulnerability to him, even though he kind of doesn't have any feelings. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's another good thing as well, because they keep on at him like, oh, you don't have any feelings because you're a witcher. Because witchers, for those who don't know, are sort of um, mutated humans. And that's why they can have extra ref uh, extra fast reflexes and they can do magic and yada, 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 all these cool things. Uh but yeah, because he knows that he he can obviously defeat anyone in a sword fight at this point because they're mere, mere mortals. He just sort of rolls through just like, whatever, like I'll deal with you later or not at all. Um, Yennefer, though, was a story that I didn't know I was going to be so into. Uh, and she's maybe my favorite part of the show. Um, I actually saw quite a few articles online when I was like having a bit of a research while watching um, the previews and kind of wanted to know like, what is The Witcher about? What's the main storyline? Because I was just so lost. Um, and there was some stories about how Yennefer is the best character. And I was just like, all right, okay, let's see. Because the way you're introduced to Yennefer is like, you're like, all right, okay, well, she's probably going to be special, but she doesn't really look special. And it's like, she's just this girl. He's been sold by her father. Like, what's so good about her? And actually she has like really powerful yeah. powers. Like, And you see her kind of go on this journey and develop. And I think... Obviously, we don't, we aren't all Yennefer at the start, but I think it's kind of like a human kind of, it links to like us as humans. You kind of go, when you sometimes go on a journey and learn things and grow in confidence and she's like, right, okay, well, I've got this gift. This is what I'm going to do. Um, I'm not going to let you tell me what to do. I'm going to, this is what I've been given. People have put me down my whole life. Now this is, I'm going to create all of this chaos. And she kind of has her own kind of storyline and, weaknesses and strengths and stuff and she's had people who have promised her stuff but like haven't delivered and they've let her down and you just kind of see her become this like super cool powerful sorceress i feel like they set her up as like a villain but she doesn't obviously she's not a villain she's like one of the main three characters whatever but if you took if you put her on a bad day she could easily become you know the villain of the show because she starts off with this uh young girl who's like you said sold by her father she's uh got some uh visual issues she's obviously been born with some uh, uh not with many good traits in her body and uh she gets sold off and she finds out she has these powers and then as she gets more powerful, she starts thinking like, oh, well, to hell with all these people promising me these things or to hell with these people who have been knocking me down for the past 20 years of my life. She starts, like you said, just causing a bit of chaos. And she like becomes not just like really confident and powerful, but she becomes like this kind of, I feel like she's like really sexy. Yeah, absolutely. But not like, yeah, she does strip off a bit, but like not in the kind of, sexy which is like stereotypical sexy yeah. it's like she has like she's been laughed at for her looks like she's like hunched over she's got a bit of like a, a hunchback yeah. could you say um she's really struggling like her clothes aren't really fitting her when she goes to like that school of mm. like sorceresses yeah, I um, so. and she's like right okay she goes to this guy and she's like right this is how i want you to make me and we see her at that ball like mm. make her debut and she's in this like black leather like her hair's done her makeup she's like she's kind of gone through a bit of um a 10 years younger yeah. kind of like <laughs> transformation um she's 
or like a Trini and Susanna have come and made her over. It's kind of like that. And I just, she just comes out and like Fab oozes like, up. yeah, she oozes confidence yeah. and she's just like, here I am, try and take me down. At that point, she is like the female, uh, female Geralt at that point. They're yeah. both so confident they just don't care about anything. And then when we see her meet Geralt eventually in episode five or whatever it is, she's at that point where she's just like, oh yeah, I'm Yennefer, what's up? Like, it's kind of not a big deal for her because she's so into her- herself and she's learning to love herself again, I guess. Yeah. And uh, it's cool seeing the two of them sort of deal with each other because neither of them care about anything, but they're also, I guess, starting to care deeply about each other. They're very self-confident. Yeah. And it, it looks like they're going to become like a really, really good power couple. Um, you've written here, she's the only good woman character, um, which I think I disagree with a little bit because I think Queen Calanthe's really, really good. I was so annoyed by her character. Like, Calanth. Yeah, Calanthe, really. Rather. Yennefer was really good, and I liked it because, like you said, she does get kind of get set up like this villain. And even when she has her transformation, and she's now this like um, really sexy, beautiful sorceress who's like sent away and she's doing all this powerful magic. She, and you're like, all right, okay, well, she's really bad. Mm. She's just out for her own gain. But then, like I said, with Geralt, there's this. Um, vulnerability to her because you find out she wants a baby yeah she just wants to raise a child and it's probably like this thing that she's had like she wants to bring someone into the world like she can look after the way she wasn't looked after so i thought that made her quite like normal and obviously Geralt saves her from the the genie magic and all of that and they obviously have this passionate romp um so i think like you said there'll be a power couple and i think that's really like his was like a nice transformation. You think she could it could all go to her head, but actually she's still she's still a bit human. She is there, and but with Kalanthi, I thought she was like really cool in the first episode, and then the further on I got, I was just like, oh my god, let me bang my head against the <sighs> table because she's like a warrior queen, right? So when there's her, I guess her city or her her uh, countries that battle a lot, and she's like at the front line in her armor, and they call her the lioness, and she's got these sick like lion's paws like, adorned on her chest and her shoulder and stuff. She looks awesome, and she's running around swinging a sword and stuff. And uh, but yeah, when you see sort of the more political bits of her, she I agree with you. She's a bit sort of abrasive towards she's, everyone. Yeah, she's very much like when her daughter they're looking for a husband for her daughter. She's She's like, no, you're not marrying him. Or yes, you'll marry this one. I don't care what you think. You don't have to sleep with him all of the time. He's just your husband. And it's like, oh my God, stop. Like, how can you be this like really powerful woman out on the battlefield, like taking out all of her enemies? But then you're like to your daughter, no, I don't have a care about your feelings. You're going to do what I say. Like you should be raising her to be strong in your image, not raising her to do what you want. And I was a bit like, no, I really don't like you now. She's obviously in this fiction sort of risen up above every man in her life to become this amazing matriarch of this country. And then on the same hand, she's telling her daughter, like, no, do as you're told. <laughs> so it's a bit sort of like, you need to practice what you preach. But um, that's why it's annoying because I just think like- Yeah, I didn't realize She's that. like one of those kind of characters that, or maybe, you know, like in Game of Thrones, you'd have like King Robert and he'd be like, oh, Cersei, you're doing this or like- he's like ruling and being very controlling, which you'd kind of ex- sadly expect from like a... Me- well, no, because in 
the time that I think it was set, like a more medieval time, not the 21st century yeah. where there's slightly more equality. Um, but kind of she takes on a more male role, I yeah, think. Yeah, absolutely. And fair, fair enough, like good on you. You've become queen and stuff. But I think she could have done more as a woman to champion the others yeah. around her. I think that's... I think that's why this is good. Parts of this show are really, really good, though. It, it challenges your expectations. You expect Geralt to be this macho man hero, and he's not. And you expect the uh, really amazing queen to be this feminist icon that is all for women all the time. But in reality, like they're all pretty flawed, which I think is really interesting because we're not seeing loads of that now, especially. Um, but yeah, I do agree with you. It was a little frustrating to see her. It looked like she was two characters at one point because yeah. we see in the first episode um, she's f- fighting on the battlefield. She's telling Siri like, you know, do what you need to do, get through life, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then you also see her with her actual daughter because Siri's her granddaughter. Um, her actual daughter is saying, you know, do she told, see, uh, marry who I tell you to, whatever. Um, but see, unless there's anything else you want to talk about, Queen Calanth, I'm going to go on to Siri. Yeah, that's fine. So Siri is like. I think is the linchpin of this show. The whole, I think, again, we haven't seen it all yet, but I think the whole show is going to be based on her. And from what I know, background from the books, I think this is all going to come to Siri being a big heckin' deal. But at the moment, I really don't care about Siri. She's just floated through. Cut it all. She's literally floated through five hours of footage, uh, five hours of TV so far. And I do not care. She keeps meeting characters and they either get killed off or disappear or whatever and then she goes into the next episode and there's another whole thing going on it's like good god you know what she's like she's like an annoying little sister who won't leave you alone and like i want the answers tell me this how do i do this let me do this and it's like shut up and kind of similar to calanthe like i feel like she flits between this really uh forward thinking um powerful character who is who knows what she wants and she's gonna get there no matter what i need to find Geralt. i must do this i must get there and then the other side she's she's sometimes like no but i'm the princess of the country and you need to treat me with respect it's like you can't have both at the moment because you're actually on the run so you need to if you're that smart you need to figure it out and deal with it and um which i think maybe if they gave her more like meaningful scenes it would have worked better and maybe it will in the end of the season we don't know yet but so far like we said scenes are just so dry and boring and they don't do anything. I don't even like feel sorry for her. Like her grandma's been killed. Everyone around her has been killed. She's had to run away from the home that she's known for all of her years. She's been like protected and she's just like this whiny little girl. And I literally just want to like slap her and be like, (laughs) wake up. Everyone has been killed. Your city's been under siege. Like you're not a princess anymore. You're this girl and you got to survive and you've got to like get switched on because you need to like, if you want to live, then you need to like not go around like a spoiled little brat. She's like a weird antithesis of, uh, I suppose like Sansa Stark or something. Whereas Sansa was sent away and she was kind of on the run and, and same with Arya. They were on the run and they had to make their own way and do what they needed to do to survive. But I feel as if the Stark women sort of, they rolled with it a lot. Arya was good at, you know, being kind of a tomboy and fighting with swords and finding knights and working with them. Sansa was good at playing the political card and using her gender as sort of a weapon and saying, oh, you know, marry me off, Peter Baelish or whatever. Whereas Ciri doesn't really know what she wants at the moment, which is, you know, she's scared and everything. And yeah, but yeah, I totally agree with you. Just my goodness, 
You pull yourself together. But at the same time, I'm kind of blaming Queen Calante because totally. she's just like, all right, go off and find Geralt. Like, why haven't you prepared her for this? You knew this war why was coming. Didn't you? Yeah. You should have had some context. But also, how old is she? Like 12, 13, 14? I, I mean, you should have enrolled her in some kind of sword fighting think, school. She, yeah. needs, she needs life skills. Anything. I think the actor's 20. So I don't know oh, if wow. she's supposed to be of a similar yeah. age or supposed to be younger. I don't know. I mean, if you're a 20 year old princess and like you're moaning about your boots being wet, come this on, love. Soften up. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what. So, in. Oh, I try not to talk about the books because it, like, it's not what this is. But in the books, like, series a big deal, like, later on. And it looks like they, uh, they being the producers on Netflix or whatever, has brought her in way, way sooner than she ought to have been. And therefore, they've just had to fill. They've just had to put in episodes of her running through a forest and meeting a child who can't talk in the forest and weird things like that. Um, it's just a bit... When you have Yennefer's scenes, which are so character-driven and powerful and great, and then you have Geralt's scenes, which are a lot more action-heavy, but still you get a good sense of his character through all of it. And then you have series scenes, which are just like, just get rid of it, please. I don't need it now. I was really disappointed because obviously you open with Geralt and all of that, and you're right, okay, this is his story. Then she like pops up with Kalanthi and you're like, right, okay, so what's this? That's where I thought everything was happening at the same time, but it's not. So that's why I get confused. And I think the filler with her and I'm just like, who is she? Why is she important? And it's just, it's not helping. So I think this is probably one of the downfalls for Netflix. Like this might get people switching off because I pushed my way through five episodes because I was like, I'm gonna need to know this podcast and for like other reasons why what it's about like and also I did have like this kind of interest but if I was I don't know on Friday night flicking through Netflix looking to see what to watch and I started one episode of this I probably don't think I'd go to the second episode sure just because I was so confused and didn't if I had a guide or something maybe if there was a little bit more of an explanation but as you got on and her scenes were just Honestly, for me, quite boring. Um, not really of interest. Obviously, you get this idea that she's meant to be this important character. Like you said, she's going to be this really big deal. And they keep on about this destiny or yeah, something. Yeah, but we haven't had any of that. And it's like, we're five episodes in. and Out of eight. Yeah, and you're kind of... It's like you're leading me on. Will we? Won't we? Like, are we going to find out what's going to go And again, if they follow the books, which in the way I think they're going to, I think I know where it's going to go, which is cool. And it's well done. But you don't know that and new viewers of this franchise do not know that. Yeah, so exactly. to convince them to stick around till at least episode five without the whole trio getting together is a bit of an ask when, you know, Umbrella Academy, first two episodes in, like those are really good episodes or even Sex Education. Those are two good episodes from two new franchises uh, that will hook, in my opinion, will hook new watchers instantly. But it's like you, you're kind of... Oh, yeah, exactly. You're... You don't, I didn't read the book, but mm. I knew I know, like, book. you kind of get straight into it. I think yeah. it's a book. I hope it is. Mm. No, I just made that up. Um, oh, like 13 Reasons Why as well. Like, yeah, you get very into it. After episode one, you're it. done. You're in there. Mm. Um, yeah, totally agree. So let's do like a spoiler cutoff right here because this is what you sort of alluded to there in a hot minute ago. So if you want no more spoilers, this is where you should tune out and then come back and listen to the rest of it when you've watched at least the first five episodes of The Witcher. So, last cut off now.
So the first five episodes, they're all over the place. And then we find out in the last like, what, five to 10 minutes of, or 20 minutes of uh, episode five that these first five episodes have been happening out of context, out of order, and that these timelines are very skewed and that uh, Geralt saved a princess's husband and then he ordered the the law of surprise, which is he gets to own anything from her that she doesn't know she already has. Turns out she's pregnant, therefore... She's pregnant with Siri, and therefore he owns Siri. That is after the city is already burned down with her in it. So, see, I can see your face already, just going, "What?" It's it's oh just my too. God. It's like too complex for than it needs to be. If this was chronological, I feel like it would have been so much better. But even the love surprise thing, I was watching that, and that's when they don't explain it. So basically, Calanthe's daughter, yeah, wants to marry this guy who has like a weird, like a animal head yeah he's cursed he's like yeah you think of it like all the like kids stories like beauty and the beast right and so calanthe's like no that's not gonna happen and he saved calanthe's husband from death yeah and that's why he enacted the law of surprise and therefore owns and air quoting here owns calanthe's daughter yeah but then also fell in love with calanthe's daughter so as well as legally supposedly legally being uh, the owner of the daughter, he's also in love with her and wants to marry and have a child. Right. Right. But then that exact same thing happened again, but with Geralt. Because Ger- at that wedding, at the wedding thing, where thing. They, yeah, he saves uh, the husband. Yes. The from, beast man. Yeah, yeah. From death. And so he's like, well, what do you want? And Geralt's like, the law of surprise. And yeah. I'm like, what is this law? Where has it come from? How do I get it? Like, it's like one There's of those. There's no explanation. It's one of those things from like Game of Thrones, I suppose, where you know if you have the salt and the meat or the salt and the bread or something, then you're safe in someone's house. It was a whole th- thing, I think. Right. And that was why Rob Stark's death spoilers uh, was so tragic or unexpected because he'd had like the bread and the salt, and then that meant that he was safe. But then the phrase killed him anyway. But then I guess that's kind of a um, a lot like knowing about like the prince that was promised and his Absol- yeah, yeah, absolutely. All of that, like the book references that weren't really explained in the show. So I was like, right, okay, what's this? And they, I I agree with you. They totally gloss over it because in the books, sorry, again, in the books, uh, they spend like a whole chapter like talking about that whole thing. So then, yeah, Geralt saves Beast Man. He wants Laura Surprise. Laura Surprise, it turns out, is she's pregnant. So therefore, that's Siri. And that's why Siri's in it. And that's why Siri's now in it. And that's why she must go and find Geralt. Because the city's burned down. So then you get to all this. And at this point, Ciri's... So you're seeing the birth of the relationship between Ciri and Geralt. But then also you're seeing Ciri in a forest with elves doing God knows what. And it gets really complex at the end. And it's just a bit like, guys, what, what are we doing here? So yeah, that's like the main... My main criticism for this is the, the, the timelines. Good idea, I think, in practice, in theory. But in practice, it doesn't really work out for me. And if you're not lost on this podcast yeah, and still exactly. willing to give The Witcher a go... <laughs> do keep us updated on how you're getting on because i am very lost both now and with the series still like yeah i thought five was really gonna tie it up and be like here's the trio oh look the mm-hmm. gang's go all together the, yeah, but go on the journey no but nope i really think episode eight will be the three of them getting together and then it will end and then it will be wait till next year for season two so that leads us very nicely on to season two so yeah, this has already been commissioned. It's not even out yet. Um, and uh, 
uh, it's already been commissioned a second season by Netflix, which means they're pretty confident in it. Um, Some might say too confident. I don't know, after man. Watching it, like I said, I, I I don't know if I did say I'm enjoying it. It's a little backwards narratively, but it's kind of what I want from Geralt, I suppose, at this point. But newcomers like yourself and my wife may be confused or uh, lost at first. But do you think, like I said, okay, I'm tangenting now. Do you think a second viewing of those first five episodes would help you? I, You will not get me watching them again. <laughs> if I I'm were to sorry. sit you down and say, watch these five episodes again, do you think you would better understand or... Do I get those five hours of my time back? No, you do not. Then I'm not doing it. Because I think, I felt like I just wasted my time. Sure. It was just so long. And I mean, I'm not, I've not read the books. I've not played the game. But I just, it, it really confused me. And I felt like it wasn't accessible, which is what I didn't like um and i think with other stuff like other shows you do kind of get explanations and with this one it just throws you in the deep end and sure sometimes that's good if you're gonna like quickly explain things but i'm just so lost and i think i will watch the final three episodes but and if they're kind of tying up the loose ends as in a better way than episode five then Maybe I'll watch season two, but I'm not like really excited about it. Like I don't have the same enthusiasm as I did at the start, like before I pressed play. Sure. So I don't know. I think this is just where I think like maybe Netflix have been too confident in already commissioning it because they don't know the viewing figures. Sure, it's got a huge fan base, but there's guaranteed views. Yeah, like Game of Thrones had a huge fan base and it did take a few years for Game of Thrones to build momentum and I came to it a bit late after season two had been out. So, but people have pitched this as kind of like Game of Thrones or like I read somewhere that people think the the fighting scenes are better than Game of Thrones. So I was like, okay, maybe that's, this is going to be the new, the new thing. I was more hooked on Game of Thrones than I was with this. Um, I like binged, watched one and two in a week so i think this one has something really Mm. great has to happen in the final three episodes so then going forward in season two like what do you want to see because so far as we've said there's no real plot it's there's no real one plot that's getting you from a to or episode one to episode eight so season two would you want to see like an actual plot set out for in front of them i mean i'm all for like yennefer and Geralt's like love story like give me some like kind of temptation for Geralt or Yennefer and then are they going to get back together or are they going to split will they survive I'm very much in it just for this love story now yeah me too kind of and again that's like knowing what I think Siri might get into yeah Geralt and Yennefer I'm all over it they're great please don't tell me that Siri and Geralt are going to get together no no oh thank god no no that is I think a plot twist like, I would not want yeah no I think he's like super duper old and yeah can we talk about really like Sorry, very much of a tangent, but how old is he? Because in episode five, you find out he was there when they knew Siri was going to be born. Yeah. But then you're there when Siri's on the run yeah. and he is ageless. Yeah. And I'm like, is he meant to have aged? I think is he not? witches, because they're, they're like uh, mutated or whatever, they have like a really long shelf life. Right, so okay. I think maybe they live to like 150 or maybe 200 years. Because I want like whatever that. face cream he's using. Absolutely. Same with Yennefer, right? She, at yeah. that point, she is God knows how, how many years old. What water has she been drinking? Right? She, I need to go to her plastic surgeon. She's the, she's the guy. Um, but season two, yeah, I'm with you. I feel like if there were more focus or something, it would be a, a, a more happier yes from me. Uh, and maybe if they like do meet up with Siri, but like more of like an adventure or a journey sure. that we're going to go on that they've got to get through like this 
all of she's gonna like harness whatever power she has like maybe that's what season two is gonna be about like her learning to deal with the powers and Yennefer will be her like guide that's kind of where I'm thinking and Geralt will just be like this really like beautiful witcher saving them and flinging his sword around um so we touched upon game of thrones comparisons uh earlier so i just want to briefly come back to it um the fight scenes in game of thrones i think are more or less realistic and i use that word like sparingly but those fight scenes are very much you can feel the weight of the sword behind it like all the fights with brianna tarth are amazing because it's literally this enormous person swinging this enormous sword around it was really cool uh, this is a lot more fantasy based, I think, because the first episode is Geralt literally flipping around with this sword and cutting people's arms off in one stroke. Um, and yeah, the comparisons have been around for between Game of Thrones and Witcher. Do you think this is going to be the Game of Thrones killer that everyone wants it to be? I think like, obviously Game of Thrones is off TV, cry, cry, sob, sob. We're all devastated about it. But Game of Thrones, just when you think about it, like the Battle of Winterfell, the Battle of the Bastards, like those battles are going to go like down in history with the Witcher. So this is one of the things I was quite disappointed about. I'd read, oh, the Witcher battle scenes are like, give Game of Thrones a run for the money. So I was like, great. Calanthe's off to fight the... Elves, Nilfgaardians. Nilfgaard. And we're going to see this great battle. Instead, when she goes out on the battlefield... Nah, I'm not sold. Like, that yeah. battle was weak. It was a lot of CG, and it was a lot of long-distance shots. And but even the fighting, you're not up close and personal. Yeah. There's not blood splattering on the camera or on the face of someone. And I just, I wanted to be, like, in the action, and I genuinely thought this series was going to be more action and fighting, and that's kind of, weirdly, what got me excited about it. Um, But it was just really disappointing, and I want to see that because that's kind of... There's all these battles going on, like, oh, we need to keep this kingdom under control and we need to do this. But it's very much so chilled. There's not even, like, this build-up that there's going to be a battle. Yeah, it, she kind of meant... Remember the guy says comes behind her and says, oh, they're here. And she's like, oh, God, they're here. Yeah. And then next thing you know, she's she's in the battle and it's it's a bit jarring. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, the uh, the fights aren't... I mean, they're fine. They're, they're decent TV show wars and medieval wars but yeah i agree with you they weren't as visceral and horrific and cool as uh the game of thrones ones especially towards the end of the uh end of the series um but i don't know maybe the last three episodes are going to be spectacular and have enormous war wars waged waged between people but i mean that's just the fight scenes that we've compared i think in terms of characters it is exactly like game of thrones there are so many characters you need a guide you need the family tree you need everything like who is Yennefer where does she come from who's her father like is are her parents important who's like this sorceress who's come along to educate Mm. her oh and who's this man she's met in a cave like where did he come from where did he come from oh they're having sex now (laughs) right okay that's happened and then oh who are these other girls that she's at school with and now why are they eels or worms and then you're like, why is she going to this kingdom? And who's this woman with a baby in the carriage? And why oh, does yeah. this man with a spider that looks like it wants to he kill cool. you? He was cool. And like, I mean, that was a spider. I do not want to see my bath. No. But <laughs> it's very like, confusing. And Calanthe and then her daughter and then her husband, who she marries really late on. And then this that kind of guide man with Siri, you know, like. The elf? No, um, she, he's kind. He's kind of like um, he leaves the castle with her. He's oh, yeah. also like a, m- he's like a magician or yeah. something. Yeah. And then I'm like, 
who is he? What yeah, is important? There's so many characters and I'm so lost. And then there's like Renly at the start and you're like, oh, cool. This is a really awesome. Oh, okay. Dead. <laughs> that is very much like Game of Thrones where you start to fall in love with the character yeah. and then they're killed in front of you. So in that way, the characters are similar, I would say. Um, but other ways... And I guess the different stories going on at different times is very Game of Thrones. Lots of prophecies and destinies yep. and no explanation. Of, yeah, so it is, but at the minute, like it's not meeting my expectations. I think. Yeah, I do agree with you. It's there's a lot of oblique references to other things that haven't happened yet, or uh, you know, fantasies like the Law of Surprise. Fantasies are. Uh, prophecies and stuff yeah. like Laura's Laura surprise that I never really explained, and then you have to Google it, and you go, "All oh, right, okay." And it's a bit, it's a bit. Just work with me, please. Yeah. I want to like it so much more than I do. But is it not disappointing for you as a fan of the, like the franchise, watching it and being like, "Oh God, people who don't know this are going to like be so confused, and it's going to be like a bad impression of it." Yeah, it I is guess. disappointing. But the Geralt stuff, I think, is great. I think Henry Cavill was fantastic, and he was a fan of the games before he was a fan of games and the books before he took the job. So he was a dedicated fan. He wanted it to do well. So he's done a really good job. The fight scenes are cool with him. The, the His mannerisms are good. They're spot on. Um, Yennefer's really good, and we don't get lots of story from her in the books. So what they've added is excellent. But the series stuff has really put a damper on it for me. Like, I, I, I'm i with you. If I had to sit them down and watch those five episodes again, I would be, like, skipping or looking at my phone through those series episodes because they're just... They don't... Nothing happens, dude. So would like, you say that's the one thing that, like, they should have... Mm, I don't know how to phrase this. Maybe, like, that's the one really bad thing about this series yeah like, i would and i'm reluctant to out of the three characters two of them are women and one of, i'm reluctant to say that like, one of the female characters is terrible because you know the but amount, she is it, that's the thing the amount of female characters protagonists especially that we have nowadays is, is still extremely slim so the fact that she is her, her scenes and her character are boring it's just really annoying um especially considering how it, it especially considering how good it can get for her um and especially how we know that they can write well because they've got Yennefer being excellent the whole way through. Yeah, it's frustrating. Hopefully these last three episodes will be good. If we make it through the last three. If we make it through. Oh, gosh. Thanks for joining us in this sword-swinging edition of Netflix. Be sure to join the debate on Twitter, at NetflixPod, where we'll be teasing details of upcoming episodes. And next week, Helen, we're going to be discussing your favourite serial killer, Joe. Or He's I guess... not my favourite serial killer, <laughs> but, you know, the Netflix community. We're going to be talking about you, season two. And it's not Joe anymore, right? It's Will? It is. It's, it's Will. Um, Will Bettenheimer. Of course, yeah. New city, new Will, new me, new girl to stalk, new girl to maybe kill. Who can say? Oh, God. Who it's a good say? one. It is a good one. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about you season two. And until then, Helen, take Goodbye. care. Goodbye. Goodbye.